Vleeties and gentlemen, welcome to Vleeties. My name is Ryan Van Vleet. I'm solo this week or this night. Here we are on Tuesday night's live stream. No Geezy. Uh, Geezy and I both had fucking strenuous weekends, strenuous days. But I'm here because there was a plethora, a smorgasbord of professional wrestling that took place over the weekend that I did not watch live. I watched it. I watched most of it today. Some of it Sunday night. Uh, I was just trying to make sure that I watched everything that I could because here I am. I talk to you guys about wrestling every week, and this was one of those times. So I, it's an honor to be here with all of you guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm going ahead and close out Valides Plus here. Those who showed up live tonight, uh, I was we had a live Valides Plus moment. We were watching some NXT. There was a run over, uh, and uh, we had a great steel cage match, which we will get into because we have full results from NXT. We got, I mean, everything. So let's let's hop right into it. Let's let's stop the dilly dally because, like I said, there is so much to cover, so much to talk about. And let's go ahead and start with the Miz. So, ladies and gentlemen, the Miz, uh, he had a match at WrestleMania Backlash, and just to, to just to be honest, be frank, he tore his ACL, like a shocking, rare injury for the Miz. Because when you watch the Miz work, he's so careful. He is so safe. Like, I think Daniel Bryan even called him a pussy um, because he just – we've all watched the clips of, like, people doing a, a suicide dive onto The Miz, and he kind of just, like, slaps him a little bit. Like, he touched me. Okay, I'm going to do something. But, like, the guy doing the move actually, like, rams into the barricade and gets hurt for real. Uh, R-Truth, like, landed right on his, his coccyx and, like, broke a tailbone. So, uh, The Miz immediately following WrestleMania backlash, it was uh, presumed that he was injured – even when he took the hits, the light, the hit, the lights, I was like, does he always take it like that? Or is he just going to suck? But, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. He, he, he suffered an injury, a rare one for the Miz. We had to call a pivot because I'm pretty sure him and Johnny Morrison were about to go into a little program against each other. Uh, Jomo not necessarily cost Miz the match, but he did sort of abandon Miz during the match at WrestleMania back Lashley. So we'll have to see, uh, We'll, we'll have to see how they pivot to that because it seemed like they didn't really know what to do once Miz went down. But it is kind of big news. Uh, Miz has kind of been a huge player these past few months. The program with Bad Bunny. He was a WWE champion this year. He's one of the three that there's been this year. Uh, and apparently someone was – some news article was talking about Miz being champion was like the highest rated Raw of the year. So I'm not sure if that's true or not. I'm going to assume that it's completely true and have no doubt in it whatsoever. Uh, but best of luck to the Miz. Hope he gets back soon. I cannot wait for this episode of Miz and Mrs. Uh, where they talk about this injury. I don't watch Miz and Mrs. I'm assuming it's made by the same people that make Total Bellas and Total Divas. Uh, but I, I don't watch that show. I like when I'm on Watch Pro Wrestling or I'm on WatchWrestling.LA. Like it shows even when I'm watching uh, even the USA Network. And like they really think that I'm going to love this show because I'm a wrestling fan. I wonder what the crossover is. And I wonder, do, does Miz and Mrs. get more ratings or less ratings than Impact Wrestling? Because their ratings, their ratings are tough to judge. Because it's like you know, we get a hundred thousand people a week on Access, and then we get five thousand on Twitch. But the amount of people that watch an Impact Plus is probably what they're really caring about. Like how many people are subscribing? Because you can even watch the replays of the of the Impacts on Impact Plus. But I'm unsure how how they rate that. But this Miz versus Mrs. show is about to get hot. We're going to see this injury. 
Uh, we also had Ricochet making some headlines. Good for Ricochet. He switches up to pants, which is kind of a weird gimmick for him. You know, he went. He came in. He came from the from the NXT. First of all, he came from the Indies, and he was. I think he was a pants guy, wasn't he? When he was Prince Puma, he was a pants guy. So Ricochet is obviously a high flyer. They put a mask on him in Lucha Underground and called him Prince Puma. He's wrestled all around the world. Him and Will Ospreay had a match that people talked about. I never. I never saw the. The 80-minute Will Ospreay match had no need to watch it. Didn't have any interest. But Ricochet makes his way to WWE and uh, called up way too early, in my opinion. So Ricochet gets called up too early. Now he's on the uh, main roster. This has been for years he's been here. But he switched to undies. Like, his match with Lesnar, he's like, I need a new look. He had a title match with Brock Lesnar. I need a, lo- a new look. I'm going to wear undies of the ring. So he shows up in his undies, all right? Everybody's really excited about his underwear. And uh, he suddenly decides, hey, I'm going to wear what Angel Garza rips off. Like, he comes out in these pants that cover up his wrestling boots. It almost looks like like he's wearing slacks. Uh, It just doesn't look like it's not a wrestler outfit for him. But that's beside the point. Ricochet. All right? This is the guy. All right? He was dating Casey Catanzaro. We were all jealous. Uh he uh, he had some things to say about uh, one Io Shirai. And it wasn't even like a negative tweet. Now, here's the thing. W- what Ricochet says is completely reasonable. All right? Let me just make that clear. Uh, but he had to delete this tweet. Where is the TTS, Nathan? Are you a subscriber? Or this, is, the, is the TTS not working because of subs? Let's take a look. Let's go to Botrix. Midstream. Mid-recording of Wheaties and let's take a look at what's going on why are there no sounders playing uh tonight because yeah I see TTS happening it could be Botrix is down which is a real thing that's happened multiple times like Kevin and I have had a deal with Botrix going down uh for those for those listening on the podcast uh Botrix is kind of the only that's the only way these sounders are really played like somebody independently made Botrix for Trovo and yeah, I can't even log in. So <laughs> I'm assuming that Botrix is not working. Um, so that's probably why you're not hearing any sounders. Because I'm trying to log in and it is just, oh, Botrix Premium, that seems to work. Uh, I don't know. Looks like it's working. Seems like it's working. Uh, let's see. Widget URL. Let's copy it. And let's see if we can just fix it midstream. Why not? Why not? Why would we not do that? Um, properties is it even different no it's the same one weird no reason why then what is this meat let's delete that now we can clean up this is great for the podcasters but this is a live uh you know we do this live on the internet as well so if you hear the sounders and you're like hey that sounds like fun i want to be there for that then yeah you can you can join us live get a look at greatness Nathan Weller says that uh, Bronson Reed is too fat. He went to Twitch. He just had to hop over there and go to Twitch and say, hey, what's going on with this? And I see Sonic Geno says the 2i5 Live OGs were on NXT. So I saw it pop up on the screen. But, again, I'm not seeing why. uh, It's unclear why it's not working. Uh, Either way, we got to press forward, all right? We'll figure that out in a little bit. It says it's working. I'm going to assume it's Botrix's fault. But you can do what Nathan just did. You can watch live on Trovo because it works there. And you can use the Twitch chat to to donate bits and make sounds happen or whatever. Because for some reason, 
Twitch isn't working. It says I'm live. You can be in my chat, but for some reason, uh, you're not allowed to watch it on Twitch. So you got half and half tonight, and there's YouTube, but I don't have Super Chat, so there's really no point in even monitoring YouTube. We need to get 1,000 subscribers to, in order to get Super Chats. So maybe we'll spend a little more time on YouTube and grow that shit. But we probably won't. Nathan Weller says, I think Fat Gino broke Botrix. That's Nathan's opinion. Or maybe he did his own investigative journalism to find out. But either way, podcasters, let's get back to it. Ricochet went on Twitter. Ricochet went on Twitter and he said, uh, there's literally no one. There's no one that could do what I do. But I'll let y'all discuss it. Sunglasses emoji. So he's talking about how he is the greatest high flyer in the world. And he says there's literally no one who can do what I do. And then somebody somebody with a Twitter handle, ADTR1996-1, which I love that because you know that means that they are a day to remember fan. And they were born in 1996. And then somebody else was already ADTR1996. So then he throws that one on the end to get it. Uh, which, by the way, sounds like the Twitter handle of, you know, an egg. And he says, uh, or he or she says, uh, because there's more than one style of high flying, sir. Now, this is the, this is like the the hipster. It almost makes me like hate wrestling a little bit where now we're, now we're going to have, because even when you watch MLW Fusion, they talk about the styles of wrestling, grappler, brawler, high flyer. Now we're going to have, uh, High flyer for no reason moves. High flyer w for impact moves. Like, where where is the break? How come, like, I, I'll n I'm not going to understand that. How somebody can just say, well, there's multiple styles of high flying. There's like the Xavier Woods high flying where he only does one or two moves off the top rope. There's the Ricochet where he's constantly doing shit off the top rope. There's uh, Christian who does things off the second rope. But what's frustrating to me about this story for Ricochet is he responds. Uh, he says, none of these high flyers are as good as mine, or none of these styles are as good as mine. So the person then says, Io Shirai. Uh, Io Shirai is a phenomenal high flyer. She's the best at what she does. All right? Kevin casting stay safe spells in the chat here on Trova. Thank you so much, Kevin. TTS is not working. However, Twitch chat is working. So we're... Come we're on, catch the buzz. Feel the that stain. was a shiny uni! From Kevin, which means it's working. Thank you so much, Kevin. Maybe the TTSs are just broken. Maybe they've gotten rid of these TTSs here on Botrix. Because look, it's a... Come on, catch the buzz. Feel the stage. Spider is hosting us on Twitch. Even though there's no visual component. I appreciate it. I don't know why. I, I really don't know why it's not working over there. But And I don't know why TTS isn't working. Either, either or, we press on, everybody. Go on, catch the buzz, feel the sting. An elixir bomb, a chicken winner from Nathan Weller, and an on-fire spell on, from Tyler Spider. And we're being hosted. Oh, my gosh, what an amazing time. There's one of these guys, one of these Who smoothies. Tyler Spider just gave some mana because mana is real. Kevin cast a hydrate. He gave roses. Come on, catch the buzz. Feel the oh sting. My, an elixir bomb from Kevin. And hi, let's get some water. Come on, catch the buzz. Feel the sting. Thank you so much, Nathan Weller. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you so much, everyone in the Trovo chat listening live. Thank you for everyone downloading on the podcast. So, Eo Shirai, 
nowhere near as good of a high flyer as Ricochet. Put that fucking out there. Make make everybody know that. I've never seen Io Shirai do a 6.30. I've never seen her do a shooting star press to a standing opponent and using it like a cross body. Like, there's so many better things that Ricochet does than Io Shirai. So, uh, Ricochet just says the truth. He just says, uh, in that aspect, I can agree. But Io Shirai is also a, a phenomenal high flyer. She's the best at what she does, but I can do it better. He says that I'm not uh, I'm not saying she's not amazing. She 100% is, but everything she can do, uh, I can do probably even better. She can't do what I'm capable of, maybe not even half. Now, that's the truth. I've seen Ricochet matches. I've watched him wrestle Mustafa Ali, main event Mustafa, for three weeks in a row on main event. I just watched him have an amazing match with Sheamus on Monday Night Raw. Nothing that he said is wrong. And people are mad at Ricochet because he's a man. Like, the, 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 he's getting backlash. He's getting WrestleMania backlash because he is a man. And he's saying, hey, there's no one that could do what I do. I'm a man. I can do these moves that Io Shirai can't. He didn't say that outright. He just said, look, watch an Io Shirai match. Watch a Ricochet match. My matches are way crazier. I'm a better high flyer in every aspect of the word than Io Shirai. And he had to delete the tweet. He had to go out there and delete his tweet because everybody is saying, wow, you know, this this is a man. Uh, and people are going after him talking about him. He's, he's, a, he's a shell of his former self. He's got no upward mobility in WWE. People are just saying that he is just not, his best work is, is it was before WWE and he's a piece of shit ever since. And this is all he has now. This is all he has now to, to claim that he's better than Eos Shirai at high flying, which he is. He is way better at high flying. And Maddie Spice, thank you in the chat for reminding me. Yeah, Joe Biden says that anything a man could do, a woman could do, or even better. No, no chicks out there are high flying like Ricochet. I'm not a big Ricochet guy, but now we might be. Might be a huge Ricochet fan. He's just telling it like it is, and people are making fun of him for not being the WWE. This guy main evented with Brock Lesnar. Let's settle down on saying that this guy's not legit because he 100% is. Uh, Nathan says that EO can finger her own ass. So can Ricochet. And Ricochet can even do it better, I bet. All right? He can do it way better. He was with Casey Catanzaro, an, an American Ninja Warrior alum. All right? Can you imagine the the acrobatic ass play these two had together? It's going to... It's, it's, unparalleled by any other human beings alive. Casey Catanzaro and Ricochet. Triple Mania. Now I've never I've watched some of these Triple Manias, just clips and highlights, but it's coming up everybody. Triple Mania is coming up. Or, yeah, Triple Mania is coming up and two major matches have already been announced, which is pretty sweet. I mean, I don't really watch this, you know. I've tried to watch Triple A. I've tried to watch CMLL. Uh some of the stuff I've seen is good, like just old school matches like Conan and Vampiro and some of the kind of the obvious stuff you would watch in AAA. I don't think I've ever seen a Kenny Omega match in AAA, but we've been wondering where the fuck Andrade has been. Where is Andrade going to go? Hey, my dad's in the chat. I think that's my dad. Hello. Aloha, amigo. Uh, no Geezy tonight, everybody. Just a quick reminder. Geezy is not feeling well. I'm not feeling well either. I think I got a microbiome issue going on over here. But that's fine. We press on. Uh, so with the Triple A Championship, the Triple A Mega Championship is going to be defended. Kenny Omega versus Andrade. 
And we've been wondering where Andrade is going to pop up. Zelina Vega's on her way back to WWE, according to, I think, Meltzer or WrestleTalk. One of those people that are wrong half the time, so take everything with a grain of salt. Um, but we've been wondering when it's going to happen. Now, I, I didn't realize Andrade was – he is a big deal in Mexico. So it, do, it makes sense for him to want to go to Mexico and compete there first. Of course, we as uh, whitewashed American wrestling fans, we wanted him to go to AEW. We wanted him to go to Impact Wrestling. We wanted him to go somewhere in the United, the United States. And unfortunately, he says, no, I'm going back to Mexico. However, he does bring some anticipation for this event. I mean, even as someone who doesn't watch AAA, you say Omega and Andrade, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to check it out. I want to see what's going on there. So I know Andrade laid the challenge out first, uh, and he wants to be the one to take this belt off of Kenny Omega's uh, waist. And Kenny doesn't bring this belt everywhere. All right? I see him bringing this belt around. Uh, I, I see him bringing the, like, the other belts with him. To um, he, he shows up at Impact with every belt. He wrestled at Under Siege, and he brought all the belts. But Andrade wants this mega championship, and I have a feeling he's going to win it. I mean, Omega, if AAA is running shows again, they need somebody who's going to be there frequently. And Kenny Omega clearly is not there very often uh, because he's, he's got all of his other duties here. So uh, I'm excited for this match. I think it's going to be great. Looks like this is going to be – what is this after or before his match with Alberto El Patron? Because I know they're wrestling too, but that's not going to be in Mexico. So he's scheduled to wrestle at an event on June 19th as well as a singles match. This match is going to take place on August 14th. So, yeah, this is after his match with Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio also looks like he is uh, hes going to be off the hook for molesting all those women or whatever he was doing. Uh, we'll have to see what goes on there. They keep pushing back his court dates so he can wrestle Andrade until then. Um, also booked for Triple Mania already. We have a champion versus champion match. Fabi Apache. Apache, awesome name. Tiana Parazzo, awesome name. Impact Women's Champion versus whoever this is. This also kind of annoys me because uh, Apache is going to – or we, now we know Tiana Parazzo is not losing her belt until August 14th because they've announced, hey, you're a champion versus champion match, and this match is so far out. So we know that we're going to have, against all odds, Deanna's going to be there. <laughs> we know Slammiversary Deanna's going to be there. But we need to make sure it's champion versus champion until we get to this triple a mania event so i'm excited i am excited to watch both of these matches i don't even know who fabi apache is but you definitely know i'm going to be trying to find her it's going to be awesome uh ayako's baby is coming soon so she's in a mood this baby's on its way out we'll see what happens uh also tonight on aew dark i don't watch any dark but when something comes up on, on my screen that says the tonight on dark they were announcing some of the participants for the Double or Nothing Casino Battle Royale. Now, this is the big match. This is the match that Christian came back to wrestling for, okay? He came back to – he signed with AEW because John Moxley was like, you can do so many incredible things if you just come to AEW. You need to get out of that WWE umbrella. You know, they're holding you back. You need to go to – you need to go to AEW. And you know what? They're right. Because announced so far for this Battle Royale, we have Christian Cage – Matt Seidel, we already knew them. They said on Dynamite, they're wrestling tomorrow night. That's fucking weird. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs, 10 from the Dark Order. Evil Uno from the Dark Order. Colt Cabana, Matt Hardy, uh, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Jungle Boy. All of them 
have announced on Dark that they're going to be in this battle royal. Which is so odd that I don't know, I just see it's it strikes me as odd that Christian wanted to be in this battle royal. Like, oh, the winner gets a title shot, this is where I go. Like you you kind of see some of the way like to climb up the rankings, I guess, you know, you need you need more singles wins, tag team wins. You need some wins, okay? But for some reason, uh, he's he's been wasting his time with Ricky Starks and, and Powerhouse Hobbs, and now he's fighting Matt Seidel for no one knows the reason, unless Matt Seidel just randomly joins Team Taz uh, tomorrow night on Dynamite. Not sure how any of that is happening. Jungle Boy makes sense to join this Battle Royal. Like, uh, yeah, the people in it makes sense. Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Matt Hardy, all of them, absolutely. Put them in the fucking Battle Royal. But for Christian to, like, now that I'm seeing these names in here with him, it, he just strikes me as he better fucking win or his name b- means nothing now. He's just He goes way down our totem pole if he loses this battle royal. So he needs to win this match. I'm excited to see it. Uh, what is it? May 31st. But uh, this pay-per-view, they're, they're, they're booking it now. They're getting it all out of the way because Dynamite is going to be preempted for some uh, playoff games, obviously. The NBA playoff games are coming up, so they're, they're wondering if, like, next Wednesday night the – Impact or Impact. Dynamite's going to have to be at like 10 p.m. like it was a few times. And Kevin and I are going to be competing against Dynamite rather than talking about Dynamite. So uh, th- those those participants for now. Do you announced. remember when we super kicked you right thank in the face? Thank you for the follow, OGJFC. And thank you for the hype, Kevin. I'm, I, it is much appreciated, my friend. So let's talk about it. Elephant in the room, ladies and gentlemen. WrestleMania Backlashley. This was a uh, this was an event that happened on Peacock. Now I was in California, so I watched this uh, yesterday because I wasn't I didn't watch the Sunday night. So Sunday night I was uh, I was drinking, uh, I was hanging out with some family that I haven't see, uh, seen in a long time, having an amazing time out in California. Saw my brother graduate. Congratulations, Dylan! Uh, a fun trip. Uh, drank way too much beer. That seems to be the thing I do when I go to California is I just drink beer. And then on Sunday, there was, like, whiskey involved. And I'm not a big whiskey guy, but started drinking whiskey. So, yeah, there was a lot of happenings uh, when it comes to uh, this weekend that prevented me from watching WrestleMania Backlash. I did find out with uh, Peacock, you can download, like, NXT UK. So on the flight to uh, California, I was able to watch NXT UK. That was awesome uh, because I'm sitting there on the plane. I downloaded main event on Hulu and I downloaded NXT UK on Peacock. And I'm sure the lady next to me was like, what is this guy doing? I watched main event. Then I watched NXT UK. Then I watched my hero academia. And then I watched Scarface. So she was probably like, well, this guy is a fucking weirdo, but I didn't care. You know, they don't give you the, they had a screen, but I didn't bring headphones. I brought all my own shit. I was ready to watch. Oh, they don't even give you a screen anymore. They give you you have to download their app and like get on the iPad and like watch whatever. So I was like, no, I've downloaded my own shit. I had a great time watching what I wanted to watch. So I did watch WrestleMania backlash. However, now my immediate thoughts were this, this was a great event. I got to be honest. I enjoyed this whole thing. All three hours of this or however long it was. Peacock said it was four hours and I go, what? Well, how did they get four hours out of this? There's only six matches announced. Now, I didn't watch the pre-show match. I saw the highlights of it. Shamo beating Ricochet. But the six matches that I watched, really enjoyed. And one thing I, I kind of know, one takeaway from this event was it felt like an NXT takeover in the fact that they didn't have that many matches announced, but they let the matches go. 
and like for example the dirty dogs uh the the smackdown tag team championships were on the line we were complaining that or i was complaining that that the mysterio's title win wasn't in front of a big crowd we kind of thought we would see the mysterio's win the tag belts at a, at a big pay-per-view right at wrestlemania you have Rey mysterio this legend dominic his son first time ever uh father son tag team champions that's kind of what we were expecting for wrestlemania and it happened at wrestlemania backlash but this was also a 17-minute match, which shocked me. Like, they gave this match a lot of time. Like, I imagine if this took place on WrestleMania, it would have been like the match on SmackDown over in eight minutes. They would have had an eight-man match in eight minutes, and it wouldn't have felt – it wouldn't have mattered if they won the belts or not. However, this match felt – and I'm skipping right over the Raw Women's Championship match because this match stood out to me as – I am glad they did it at this pay-per-view compared to WrestleMania – because it stands out. It really did stand out as like a wow. They're giving this a lot of time. They gave it a lot of story by showing Dominic getting taken out earlier in the night. And then I didn't think he was coming back out. And then he comes back out. And then I'm like, oh, well, he's hurt. So now there's an excuse why they lose. And they're going to win the belts on SmackDown next week or some shit. Like, I, these are all my assumptions. Like, oh, the only reason, the reason they did this is this. The reason they did this is this. So I was pleasantly surprised when Rey Mysterio beat Dolph Ziggler, beat Bobby Roode, beat one half of Beer Money, I was shocked to see it. I, I really enjoyed this match. I'm surprised they, I, I'm pleasantly surprised that they gave it that amount of time. So when when I watched this match, I was excited for the show, and it's the same thing goes for the opening match. The Raw Women's Championship was on the line, triple threat match. We owe Charlotte one, right? I thought we owed Charlotte one. Where where did I go wrong? I thought for sure Charlotte needed to uh, to win this championship back to give it some meaning, all right? Because Rhea Ripley just comes out with a different hairstyle every day. And it's like, Charlotte, I'm the champion, mate. Ain't nobody coming to take my belt, mate. And uh, she's kind of – I think she's been lost since showing up on Raw. They, they put the belt on her and didn't really develop her character or give her any sort of character whatsoever. So I thought, hey, the Charlotte's going to get a big win here. Now, the finale, the finale, the finish of this match was odd because Charlotte does, like, get knocked off the – she, like, she gives Asuka, like, a boot in the face, but you don't see her fall off the apron. So when I watch Rhea Ripley cover Asuka, I'm like, okay, well, Charlotte's going to break it up. But Rhea won. Now, I, I'm not – hey, I'm not one of these wrestling fans that calls out Kevin Dunn. I'm not. But the camera didn't show Charlotte fly off the apron, so – in my head, Charlotte's standing on the apron watching this pinfall. And as soon as Asuka didn't kick out, and this is a weird, this rivalry was sort of built around Charlotte being cocky, being the opportunity. Uh, you know, Charlotte, she's Charlotte Flair, okay? She's been cocky. She's been Ric Flair this whole month. She's she. The whole rivalry is built on, I'm Ric Flair. I'm the champion anyway. This match is more of a formality. Asuka... The Empress of Tomorrow, badass Japanese chick. She also showed up on Raw to let me know that this is Asian American Pacific Islander Awareness Month. Uh, so she, you know, she's a badass chick. She lost her championship at WrestleMania. Didn't really feel like she even had a chance to retain it or win it back here at Backlash. And then you look at Rhea Ripley, big ass Australian chick, badass. Uh, comes out dressed like a goth chick. She's her nickname is the Nightmare. So, you know, it implies that she's a badass, right? She's clearly a badass. But 
she just sort of seems annoyed by Charlotte every single week. She's not really, there's not really anything for her character. And as we saw on Raw, uh, you know, last night, for those listening live, uh, we saw Charlotte cost, or we, we saw Rhea cost Charlotte a match against Asuka for the second time within two months. And Rhea just doesn't come off as like this strong champion to me. And I don't know if she needs some enhancement matches on Raw <laughs> to like introduce her to the Raw audience or introduce her to what it's like to wrestle on the main roster. But it just doesn't seem, it, it, it just doesn't seem like Rhea has her footing yet. There's nothing about her character that's nightmarish at all. If anything, she's more like a Dolph Ziggler. She's kind of a sneaky, conniving, I want a triple threat match, but Charlotte did a lot of work as well, and I just kind of capitalized on what Charlotte did. But it was, a, it was a good opener. I can't say it wasn't. I was shocked to see Rhea Ripley retain. I was shocked to see the Mysterios win, even though I picked them. Whoever made the graph last week, me and Kevin, I picked the Mysterios. I knew it. And then that led into... The only, like, short match on the card. Damian Priest, the archer of infamy. infamy. He's like a, you know, Punishment Martinez. He's a big Mexican, scrawnier-looking version of Scott Hall. And I love Damian Priest. I like the way he talks. Got a deep voice. And then every once in a while, he starts speaking Spanish to us, which is cool. And then he fought The Miz. Now, The Miz and Morrison, they also set this match up. They gave this match a little bit of story. And they showed a trailer for Dave Bautista's new movie. Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder. Since Zack Snyder was in the Snyder Cut and his name's relevant, they're like, hey, he also made this movie now. Which, I mean, I don't, I didn't like the Snyder Cut. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, how many times Wonder Woman shows up and they gotta go, whoa! I wasn't sure why, how much they paid for that sounder, but Zack Snyder made sure they used it a hundred fucking times. So this match takes place. It's a Lumberjack match. Johnny Drip Drip goes to find the Lumberjacks to try and persuade them, like, hey, you know, we need to help out the Miz tonight. But they're zombies. Because this is this whole match was a <laughs> was kind of an advertisement for uh, Army of the Dead. So Dave Batista sent a tweet out earlier in the day. Dave Batista, obviously former WWE champion, former world heavyweight champion, member of Evolution. Now a big time actor. He's been in films like, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know, James Bond. I don't know, Stuber. He's had an amazing acting career. I love him. And here he is sending zombies to WWE, sending them to WrestleMania Backlash. Now, I didn't actually mind this silly zombie world. Now, I know that the Snyder Cut probably helped because, or the Snyder Cut, the Thunderdome helped. I don't know why I Sonic that. underscore Gino says Scotty Too Hottie was one of the zombies. Scotty Too Hottie made his WWE return. That's exciting. Thank you, Sonic Gino. He was one of the zombies surrounding the ring as Lumberjacks. It was silly. Um, it was definitely silly to have zombies around the ring, but the way they did it, I don't know, it worked for me. And if there was a live audience, I this probably wouldn't work. The Thunderdome was really what brought this together for me because they had the the screens all made it look like a like post-apocalyptic zombie filled world and i thought that was really a good way to do this you were able to plug this movie for batista which keeps you know he even did the voiceover for the pay-per-view at the opening of the show when they were talking about every wrestlemania has a backlashly and that was built around his movie army of the dead so it, although it felt like there was a you know who sponsored this event we're putting a lot of promotion into this movie that's going to be on Netflix anyway. 
Uh, there's also a theatrical release, so hopefully people will go see it, but it's going to come out a week later. Uh, but it made the zombie bit okay. They used him in a clever way, and since Miz tore his ACL and the zombies kind of ate him after the match, it kind of gives him a good excuse to take seven to nine months off. Like when AJ got buried in the Boneyard match, there was no explanation when he showed up four weeks later to be in the Money in the Bank. But at least now Miz can, you know, show up nine months later. And, hey, I got eaten by zombies. What do you expect? Now I'm back. Uh, but Damian Priest needed his big win. It was a fun... Like, if this was just a regular Lumberjack match, would it have been any good? Like, Lumberjack matches aren't pay-per-view worthy. And Johnny Morrison was involved anyway. He was constantly involved in this match. And we watched the Lumberjack match on Raw uh, last night between Priest and Morrison. And there was constant interference. So, it makes total sense to have the zombies surround the ring and you know what i'm not opposed to having these zombies uh around more often especially if we're gonna have alexa bliss and firefly funhouse bullshit at least give me some zombies at least let some zombies surround the ring so i enjoyed that match as well so it's for me the flow of this event was already working 100 in uh wwe's favor i really enjoyed it and you know i i had a conversation with my with my compatriot my my other, my, the only person I know who's as obsessed with wrestling as me, and that's Gino. And he was saying that he enjoyed Under Siege more. But I got to be honest, WrestleMania back Lashley was really good. After weeks of terrible Raws, I mean, it felt like they pulled it all together for this one night. And then the night after, uh, the, the Raw after back Lashley was actually good too. So somebody hit a switch in the WWE. Maybe it was the Zombies. That saved WWE. Because after Damian Priest versus The Miz, Bailey versus Bianca, a match I was not looking forward to at all. Bailey wins me over. Why do I doubt her? She's so good in the ring. Her character work is great. She's so good at being a condescending bitch, yelling at Pat McAfee, yelling at uh, Michael Cole, calling Bianca a rookie. A lot of the similarities, you know, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that um, Bailey does is unique to Bailey, but then there was also some spillover from what Sasha was doing to Bianca, which I liked because Bianca or because Bailey and Sasha, former tag team partners, they both look at Bianca as like, you're a rookie. Why did you get the main event? Uh, you know, Bailey wasn't even on WrestleMania. So now she was, she was on WrestleMania backlash and I thought she had a kick-ass match when she hit the pit. The, there was a moment JT in the chat asked the, the best question ever. How do you hate The Fiend but are okay with zombies? The zombies was a one-night thing. I've had to sit through The Fiend for months and years now. And I think that's what it is. Now, if the zombies show up every week and every time we have a lumberjack match, there's zombies walking slowly to the ring, I probably will get annoyed. But when The Fiend has to wrestle, you know, when he loses to Goldberg in a minute, and people are like, what? Well, how could you bury The Fiend like that? And then, meanwhile, The Fiend... Uh, the Fiend gets smashed with hammers and ladders by a sledgehammer. And then he, you know, oh, it was a DQ. Oh, my gosh. The, what a terrible way to end a Hell in a Cell match. It doesn't end with a DQ. And then The Fiend gets up and beats up Seth anyway. And it's like, oh, well, he shouldn't have been DQ'd. He's totally fine. No sell that shit. How do you lose to a spear and a jackhammer, but uh, you, you don't respond quicker when you're buried under a ladder and chairs and you allow Seth to hit you with a hammer? Like, it makes no sense to me. And so much of what The Fiend does is like, oh, he's a great talker. But I've said this a million times. It's the easiest gimmick. It's the easiest way to talk. I've never looked at a Fiend promo and was like, 
sounds great. Great promo. Like everybody loves. I mean, what what do we like? We like hi Bill. See ya Bill. Like and that doesn't necessarily make him a good promo. And that he did that as improv. All the other shit was probably like okay, say this, this, and this. But what do I remember? Hi Bill. I don't remember anything else. Nothing else he does is memorable to me. And I think maybe his matches. And and that's the other thing. These zombies walk out and they're all in great shape. Uh, all in great shape. When when Fiend comes out, now watch Fiend versus Balor at SummerSlam when the Fiend debuts. He's in great shape. He'd been off the road for months. Now when he shows up, it's like, uh-oh. He's, Husky Harris is back, baby. And, you know, I'm, I fluctuate with my weight too. But it just, like I said, it's the same reason why when Goldberg beat Kevin Owens, I was like, Kevin Owens deserved it. Kevin Owens, like Goldberg comes out with smoke and trap muscles and shoulder muscles. And then what's the next thing we hear? And then Kevin Owens walks out and it's like, oh my gosh, remember when wrestling used to be like big guys who like worked out and now it's guys from the Indies that can do moonsaults and that's all we want. And yeah, it made me go like, oh my gosh, Goldberg's great. We need Goldberg to destroy Kevin Owens. We need Goldberg to destroy the Fiend. These are all the things that I need to see. We need Randy Orton to beat the Fiend, which we got. Yes, yes, yes. And, and the other problem with The Fiend is we have these weeks and weeks of buildup. And I don't know if – and it's there's a lot of repetitiveness to it. You know, Mercy the Buzzard, the uh, what's Hoskins the Pig or whatever. You know, it's just – I we get it. I get it. I prefer Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt, not even like him. But The Fiend thing with the Firefly Funhouse, I like when people go in the Funhouse and kick his ass. And, if, and Bray's like, why are you doing this to me? Like, I like that. I think that's funny. But even at WrestleMania when The Fiend was back and everybody was like, oh, shit, he better win. And then when he lost, it was like, yes, Randy, real guy shit. That's what I'm about. And then Zombie, that might not be real guy shit, but at least it's like a one night we're selling a movie. Which, by the way, why not uh, Army of the, of the Dead on Peacock? Are we stupid? Put it on Peacock. We're already watching it. And if you're if maybe announced like, hey, next month on Peacock, you got to stay subscribed, motherfuckers. Maddie Spice in the chat. Firefly Funhouse against Cena was great. It was all right. I, I like the Boneyard so much, and I remember Kevin was trying to sell me on how great the Firefly Funhouse match was. I was like, it was all right. It wasn't as good as Undertaker and AJ, real guy shit. But, you know, it was all right. Uh, Lashley, Braun, Drew, WWE Championship match. WrestleMania Backlashly. We should have seen it coming. That's the name of the event. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Braun Strowman, actually, a few moments of this match, I thought Braun better fucking win. I got I got into my meathead mode late last night as I'm watching this with a full sweat. And uh, it was amazing. But Drew, it just makes sense for Braun to eat the pin, right? Isn't that, isn't that what we're building towards, Drew versus Lashley in a Hell in a Cell? Which I'm still convinced that uh that's what's coming but uh even though kofi got a weird win for some reason so lashley uh gets he goes through the led board of course the dreadful led board that we showed clips of a couple weeks ago on raw i was there i was in dallas i remember when they went through the led board uh and then braun in an awesome powerbomb on drew the first powerbomb in wrestling through an announce table that i that i can remember where they don't take the fucking they don't take the monitors and everything off the table. Like, it was just an immediate, hey, there's a table here. Boom. Braun puts Drew right through it. Braun just, they did 
Braun like he was supposed to be done. Remember back in like 2016, 17, and 18 where Braun is just putting people through shit. He wasn't so much a wrestler as much as he was just a big man who did awesome shit. You know, he had the grappling hook and pulled down the whole set on a rock. He did a lot of cool things. So it made sense to have uh, to have him look like that in this triple threat match because he's already in there with Lashley, who's a powerhouse. Drew, who's a powerhouse. So Braun had to go above and beyond. And I think he did in this match. I really enjoyed it, and Lashley got the win. Uh, great match. Way better than I expected after the weeks of build for this where I was like, I don't want to see this. But once they removed Lashley from the equation, and I was like, oh, man, maybe Lashley is going to lose the belt to, to Drew. And, then, and in my head, I'm still going, because if Drew beats Braun for the belt, Lashley gets a rematch at Hell in a Cell. All in my head, already booked. Can't wait to watch it. However, they swerved it on me. Lashley got the win. He's still the champion. Awesome. Now, the main event was, like I think, a half hour long. This was a I went to I went to sleep and then had to finish this because it was a long match. Um, but it was a great match. Uh, I really enjoyed Roman before the match telling Jay, I don't need you. I enjoyed uh, the the use of the guillotine choke in this match. I like everything about this was really good. Cesaro using the cross face, the crippler cross face, if you will. Uh, this was a good match between. Roman and Cesaro and I knew and we knew that it was we knew it would be I didn't even think it would be last by the way but at least it seems like the the top brass at WWE understand that uh, that uh, Roman Reigns is the head of the table he is the best champion on the show and I know that when we watch Raw it's all about Drew and Lashley and these are the two biggest stars in our business but it was refreshing to see just a pure 30 minute wrestling classic as our main event and Cesaro he looked great, almost got it done, but uh, he ended up, you know, su su uh, succumbing to the uh, guillotine choke from from Roman. Now, here's the problem: Jey Uso comes out, puts a lay on Roman, like, "Hey, you did it, Samoan traditions. Here's your lay." And then Roman's like, "You can get him if you want." And then Jay goes and attacks Cesaro. So okay, now Cesaro's getting a little bit of a beatdown. Seth Rollins comes out. Addy Spice did a TTS. I didn't hear it, but I'll read it aloud. Cesaro should have been squashed. Hey, that's one man's opinion. But he was squashed at the end here because Jey Uso starts attacking Cesaro. And then uh, Seth Rollins comes out. We hear a big burn it down. Seth Rollins, the Messiah, you know, embrace the vision. He's been beefing with Cesaro since WrestleMania. And he shows up and fucking beats down on, on Cesaro. Destroys his arm, gives him a curb stomp. Like an extra, the match ended and I checked my phone and there was still five minutes. And I go, okay, how much is left of this match? And or how much is left of the show? And it that whole five minutes was dedicated to Seth Rollins coming out and beating the fuck out of Cesaro. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, and uh, Matty Spice in the chat, he says the match took too long. It should have been faster. I think the length of the match made me start believing Cesaro had a chance. Just because it felt like a 30-minute epic would serve to, like, the, the Shawn Michaels method almost. Like, an hour-long match to achieve that boyhood dream. Cesaro, if he, won the, if he lost the match in 10 minutes or if he lost it in 20, there was probably no... I wouldn't have... I believed it around minute 24 that, shit, maybe Cesaro wins this fucking thing. Roman's the one who told Jay to stay in the back. You know, I was maybe thinking Jimmy would get involved and cost Roman the match. It was just long enough to where I thought... 
maybe this is going to be that huge babyface championship title change at WrestleMania Backlash. Why not? Let's mix it up. Give him something to tweet about. We already had zombies a lot of people hated. Uh, let's get Cesaro the belt. Get him real mad or make him real happy. Who knows? Send the fans home happy with the babyface winning the belt. Because we have to think the internet, yeah, well, us, the internet, we're always mad no matter what. I have a feeling all the kiddos out there would have really enjoyed watching Cesaro win that match and leaving with the championship. But ultimately, WrestleMania Backlash was outstanding. Again, I'm shocked. After weeks of terrible Raws, after weeks of really good SmackDowns, after weeks of decent 205 Lives, decent episodes of Main Event, really good NXTs, this was a weird way to end the show to have Rollins beat up Cesaro, but uh, I enjoyed this pay-per-view as a whole. I really, really thought they did a great job with it. Each match felt unique. Each match sp uh, felt special. Really, really good stuff. And that let that bled into Monday Night Raw. So let's move on to Monday Night Raw real quick. Jeez, uh, we're already we're almost an hour. I guess we started a little late because of NXT. But we move on to the Monday Night Raw recap. <laughs> and I do enjoy the chat. Gino just referred to Tyler Black and Claudio Cagstagnoli closing out WrestleMania Backlash. And uh, Maddie Spice does bring up, yeah, we don't need to bring up their indie names. Yeah, their names are Cesaro and Seth Rollins, okay? We don't need to remind people. We don't need to flex, Gino. I see you flexing, all right? We all know their names, but I like, I, I, I admire the flex, but yeah, I, <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a flex, Gino. Monday Night Raw, quickly, all right? MVP opens the show, which I'm already like, oh, shit, here we go. This is going to be another Sonic Jim in the chat says, Claudio Cagstagnoli is a better name than Cesaro. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's so insane. Claudio Cagstagnoli might be the worst wrestler name I've ever heard in my life. Tyler Black is a joke because of all the other wrestlers that were named uh, Tyler, like Shane Black. Everybody wanted to have a cool name, James Storm. Everybody made a a stupid name. In, in, uh, Michael Shane was a wrestler. All these guys had indie names because that became a real trend was, hey, I need my indie name. So, yeah, it was terrible. Those names are awful. Seth Rollins is a great wrestler name. Sounds like a real person. Tyler Black sounds like a 14-year-old kid wrestling in the backyard wants a wrestling name. So he goes he goes ahead and decides, uh, hey, I'm going to be Ty – what's my real name? Colby Lopez? I'm going to be Tyler Black. That sounds intimidating, right? Even Aleister Black, it makes sense for him. He's allowed to be black. But when, but with Seth Rollins being Tyler Black. Tyler, what is he, a Canadian? Tyler Breeze? How many hockey players are named Tyler, Matty Spice? Give me a list. Yeah, there's no reason to be Tyler Black in WWE. Seth Rollins is a way better name. Cesaro is a way better name. Unbelievably better name. I even enjoyed... When he was Antonio Cesaro. Throw the Antonio in there. Oh, my gosh, Gino. All right, I got to stop reading the chat. Let's move on. Gino's just saying insane fucking things. Um, Tommy End is a better name than Alistair Black. He's Dutch. Tommy End doesn't sound Dutch at all. How could you be the Dutch destroyer? All right, here we go. Uh, but MVP opening raw. Go on, catch the buzz. A the chicken stand. winner from the whole fucking show from kev be cool thank you so much kevin the chicken winner my favorite little emoji there uh it was nice because uh mvp specified i'm having this open chat lashley's gonna have this match tonight with without drew without braun 
fuck you guys. We, we've seen it enough. And really what sticks out to me about this this moment is I don't see it a hundred times throughout the show. They do a better way of letting me know that there's an open challenge tonight. They either put up a graphic real quick or the announcers talk about it or wrestlers in the ring after their matches go, hey, I might take you up on that open challenge. And I'm like, thank God that we have figured out a way to not jam more Bobby Lashley and more Drew McIntyre down my fucking throat. Because ever since Lashley won the belt and they just announced that Drew was getting the title shot, it seems like they are on television for a cumulative, 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 like 50 minutes a show. We need to have at least one full hour of Lashley and Drew. Either that's replays, either that's backstage segments, either that's in-ring promos at separate times. Uh, I already said backstage with uh, with Sarah Schreiber. We need to make sure this show is unbelievably sat- oversaturated with Lashley and McIntyre. Tonight was our break. Now, I was worried, okay? I was unbelievably worried that uh, Drew McIntyre was wearing wrestling gear, right? I thought he was going to have a wrestling match, but he didn't. No Drew McIntyre wrestling match on this entire program. So he came on wrestling gear, all right? So he got dressed. So I don't know why he did that. But either way, uh, it was a nice break to get away from Drew and Lashley, and they teased us the entire night that this was for the WWE Championship. However, we are swerved later on that this isn't for the WWE Championship. They even play a clip later in the show during the fucking match, by the way, which kind of annoyed me. We're having a match in the ring. We go to commercial, and then we get back from commercial, and we have a replay of what MVP actually said, and now we go back to the match. Like, you couldn't put that in the corner or something. You had to take – like, you guys can't watch this match yet. We're going to show you this replay of the announcement from earlier. Uh, like, we weren't all going to check it out later anyway. Who knows? Who cares? So uh, they set up the open challenge later. Uh, great bit. It was quick. Lashley comes out in the beginning. Of course, Drew does take a sw- – Drew gets the best of Lashley in this opening. Like, Lashley goes to swing at him or some shit. And Drew takes him out. So they're definitely having a Hell in a Cell match. We all we can we can all taste it. But uh, we don't see Bobby again until, what, the main event? So I really enjoyed the way they set up Raw because it was an open and it was a close. There was no constant promos. There wasn't a constant, look what happened to Lashley earlier. Look what happened to Drew. That wasn't rammed down my throat the entire night. AJ Styles has a singles match against Elias. I like this match. I, I thought Elias looked pretty good, but if we're building AJ and Omos as, as baby faces, because AJ Styles has been a heel for, what, since he's been on Raw for like three years, two years, and now he's got Amos, he's got his big fucking bodyguard with him, and they win the tag team champions as heels. You know, they were the heels in that rivalry at the New Day. They were heels uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They've been heels this whole time. But it is easy to like Amos, right? I mean, he's a big fucking guy. We love to watch him throw dudes around. So why not turn them babyface? But if we're going to take Elias and Riker as serious contenders for these championships, we need to sacrifice some some wins here, okay? And I'm a huge AJ Styles fan. But if we're going to build to a legit tag team feud between these teams, AJ was going AJ could have took that loss. And if you want to build some sympathy for AJ as a babyface, let Elias cheat to win. And it's like, whoa, I just beat the, a fucking triple crown or grand slam champion. This is big news for me. My name is Elias. 
you know, or make Riker make Riker do something. Do maybe he takes out a moss with a weapon or something. I know we want to keep a moss looking strong, but if he fucking eats a crowbar to the knee, suddenly we're like, whoa, Riker, that's too far, my friend. You need to settle down with that shit. So it was kind of odd to not give uh, Elias some sort of a win. You know, AJ got the win by DQ. Maybe even give Elias the win by DQ. Omos does something on accident or what? Or, you know, he, he Elias is in his face and Omos chops him. DQ finish. AJ's like, what are you doing? But, uh, you know, they, they had to be on the show. They seem to be like the first or second segment every every Raw. We got to get AJ out there with Omos. Oh, we move, we move on to Alexa Bliss, who sucks. Oh, my gosh. Where's JT when I need him? I hate this, all right? We talk about zombies. We talk about The Fiend. This is fucking stupid. Alexa Bliss comes out. She said she's going to have an interview. She's going to have a guest on the Alexa Playground. Why? If I'm a female wrestler, why do I want to go sit on a swing set with some girl who was bleeding black at WrestleMania? Some girl who's been talking about her doll and showing us pictures these past couple weeks. Some girl who's been taunting the women's division, saying she's going to unleash Lily on the women's division. Why would you then go sit on a swing set with her? This makes no sense. And how come she also gets the, we're really glad that you're our friend. Why does she get the, the Firefly Funhouse music? Like we just sent Bray off. We said, Bray, thank you so much. You got Alexa over like Rover. Now you can go home, but we're going to give Alexa your gimmick. She's going to be the new fun house. She's going to be the fiend. You can go home. And unfortunately for Alexa, I mean, the same reason as I didn't like the fiend. I don't fucking care. I don't like it. I don't like jump scares with the Lily. So as soon as Alexa comes out dressed as Lily, I probably won't. I, who knows? I'll probably love it. It's going to be great. But I thought this was terrible. It was one of the worst things I've seen. It's, it's, it is the worst thing I, I saw on the show. I can't name a worse thing, okay? I can't find it. This this show could have had zombies, and I would have liked the zombies more than this bullshit. So for all the wrestling fans who hated the zombies but you like Alexa Bliss, you can go suck a lemon, all right? Go get a lemon and suck. Uh, we move on to Angel Garza, Drew Gulak. I like that this rivalry, you know, week three, if this was SmackDown versus Raw for 06, I'm giving this one thumbs up already. This is a thumbs up rivalry for me. But the match was too short. Here's my criticism. Drew Gulak is a good wrestler, like in the ring, okay? Talking, all that other shit. I mean, who knows? Uh, no PowerPoint presentations right now. You know, he can bring that back. But I would like to see him have a really good match with Angel Garza where Drew Gu is actually putting a hurting on Angel Garza because are we building Angel Garza as a baby face? Because I'm looking at him like a baby face. When he kicked that rose... Angel Garza, Angel Garza is a beautiful man. And when he kicked that rose, so for those who didn't see it, uh, Angel Garza lifted up Drew Gulak's trunks and put a rose, you know, allegedly where his asshole is. And then he ran up and kicked the rose, you know, up his ass, kayfabe. And I loved that bit. So I'm thinking this guy's a baby face. This is great. So now he has this match with Gulak where, I mean, he got put in a couple holds, you know, Gulak to technical mastermind but Gulak's character is built around him having a uh, I feel like it's around him having a good match where he's tearing apart the baby face he's stretching him out how is the baby face going to overcome baby face gets gets a big comeback and wins the match this was like a three minute match 
I saw like an abdominal stretch, and then Garza just took it over from there and won the match. And he ended up he takes the rose again, and he puts it in Drew Gulak's mouth. Now, I don't like that. The ass was such a great gimmick that he can do to every wrestler on the on the roster. You know, it could be like his Carlito apple in the face. You know, he he wins a match against anybody. Tozawa. He wins a match against Elias. Put that rose up his ass. We want to see it. Smells like roses, buddy. That's what we're into. So this was okay. I know that we're, you know, they got it on the show at least. So we got to see some, uh, we got to see Angel Garza and Drew Gulak, who two months ago were never on this show. Unless Drew, unless Drew McIntyre was throwing Gulak across the locker room, going, come on, who wants to fight me? But uh, at least we got this. And he did the same thing to Garza, so at least I got a program going. Speaking of guys who are never on this show, R-Truth and Akira Tozawa. R-Truth, the 24-7 champion, K-Quick, K-Crush, an amazingly fit black man in his mid-40s. He shows up. I think he's even 50 now. And... I hadn't seen him for weeks. I really haven't. I mean, I, I, I don't watch all the, the dot-com stuff that Juno watches, but Truth has not been around at all. And Tozawa also not been around at all. He shows up and pins our Truth for the 24-7 championship. Now, I know that this has been going on for months, years maybe at this point, but uh, I guess that's just USA was the ones who came up with this idea. I wonder if this is still their idea of the 24-7 championship. Because it does sort of feel like it's been a miss. Now I don't, I don't. I'm this. This isn't overdone for me. I don't watch. I haven't seen a ton of them have these back and forths. I think the Tozawa Ninja gimmick showed up last year at the beginning of, at the beginning of a, a performance center Raws. Remember with the uh, the Viking Prophets, all that stuff. Um, with the Viking Prophets. They, we got to see Omas as, as a ninja with Tozawa. Like, that was the first time we saw this gimmick. Uh, but I kind of like Tozawa with the, the shorts on. So, I don't know. They You know, they exchange the belt. Who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Kingston. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton, baby. We're back. Come on, catch the buzz. Feel the Whoa! Stay. We got an easy from TWFS. It's a smoothie. I used to think it was a pickle. And it's he's doing the double guns. He's like, hey, okay take it easy he's like andrew dice clay if if he was a mug if he was a frosty root beer he's doing the fingers hey and speaking of fingers ricochet no uh, kofi kingston and randy orton uh they have a match my friends they have a great match now earlier in the chat gino said t-bar and mace cut a good promo he's wrong about that okay he's wrong they did not have a good promo uh, Kingston and Orton had a good match. I really enjoyed this back and forth. Um, I, I really enjoyed th- just the way Matt Riddle is s- supportive of Randy. He came out to the Viper music. Uh, you know, he wants Randy to make to make good with his friends at the New Day. We know it's not going to happen. Um, Kevin in the chat tried to use the TTS. I think it's still not working. Ask Gino when Phil Brooks is going to wrestle. Gino, when are we going to see Phil Brooks back in a ring, okay? That's what we need is a Phil Brooks match. You know what we never got at a WrestleMania? We got it at we got it at a Night of Champions. But we need a Phil Brooks versus Paul Levesque match. That would be awesome. Can you imagine? I mean, we just lost Brian Danielson, so we need to bring back some of our other wrestlers that we've lost recently. Like, can you imagine 
Can you imagine if we were able to get Brian Danielson back? Can you imagine if we were able to get Phil Brooks? Imagine if we were able to get Nufa'alao Joel Sanoa. Can you imagine if we got Nufa'alao Joel Sanoa? That would be amazing. I would be so happy if we would get Nufa'alao Joel Sanoa back. That would be huge. But unfortunately, I don't think any of those are going to happen. However, we did have an amazing match between Kofi Na'ae Sarkodie Mensah. So uh, Kofi Mensah took on Randall Keith Orton. And they, they tore the house down, baby, until, uh, until, until Austin Watson on the outside of the ring. Austin Watson, he's a member of the New Day. He plays, uh, he plays the trumpet when he's, uh, you know, to distract the guy, to distract Randall. So he's playing his trumpet. He's distracting Randall. Uh, and I believe, I believe, I believe that Matthew Frederick Riddle was unable to, like, help Randy avoid the distraction. Kofi Kingston gets a big win over the Viper. Uh, Kofi Mensah got, gets a huge win. I couldn't believe it. Uh, but the Viper goes down. And this, uh, this sets up uh, something for later on as well. Kofi has kind of a big night tonight. We, Kofi Mania Redux, if you will. So uh, the Raw Women's Division is backstage complaining. We have Feel the Glow. We have Naomi and Lana, who I thought were going to rebrand themselves. I was told they were going to get a new gimmick. I was told that um, Trinity Fatu and CJ Perry were going to get a new gimmick because the Feel the Glow shit wasn't working. They were never able to win the tag belts because of Reginald. So I thought they were going to get somebody in their corner or something. I didn't really know what was going to happen, but it seemed like they were going towards a rebuild. And then... <laughs> And then, uh, don't. And then Ashley May Sabera and her tag team partner Amanda Sakamoto, whatever Mandy Rose's real name is. All right, enough of the real names. Data Brooke and Mandy Rose, they're back there, and they're saying, you know, well, we beat the champion. Like everyone's beat the champions. Everyone's lost to the champions. Everyone's been screwed by the champions. This whole thing was just to get these women on the show. Charlotte shows up. I don't understand. The Raw Women's Division has a lot of women in it, and. You know, we're getting criticism from the greats like Mick Foley. Can you believe that shit? Can you believe that Mick Foley is saying we need a women's brand? And then uh, Lance Storm, is he's saying, you know what? We don't need a women's, uh, a women's brand. We just need to use the women better on the television time they're getting. And this was a waste of their time. This was a waste of my time. Uh, Charlotte loses later on in the night. So it's like, why are we... We're making th these other four women just kind of sat there looking like afterthoughts. This could have been a Charlotte promo with uh, with Adam Pierce. I don't understand why this took place. So uh, Natalia and Tamina, they did have their nonsensical segment on Alexa's playground. And I don't know if uh, they must have won Alexa over. They became good friends with Alexa because Alexa Bliss helps Natalia, Natalia Neidhart win this match. They help uh, Natalia and Tamina win. So. Uh, it was weird. There was an awesome explosion. So it looks like Lily comes out with Alexa. They cause a big explosion. Reginald gets his face burnt off. So now he's gonna come back like Kane or some shit. Reginald, of course, was was on um was on the ring apron. He was getting ready to interfere and help Shayna and Nia. However, it didn't work out. So we got another win from Tamina and Natalia, which I guess is setting up. Are we getting rid of Shayna and Nia as like contenders for the tag belts? Because we have all these other tag teams who are ready to get a shot. Uh, I'm curious to see where that goes. Sheamus and Ricochet had an outstanding match on Monday Night Raw, folks. This is what Raw's been missing. Lengthy 
wrestling matches, stories being told in the match, Ricochet cutting a great promo with an Irish accent, uh, stealing clothes. We haven't done that in a while here on Raw. So this worked out great for me. I love this match. Sheamus gets the victory over Ricochet via Brogue kick. After Sheamus, Sheamus hits a knee to the face of Ricochet, and Corey Graves thought it was a Brogue kick. So when Ricochet kicks out, it is like this awkward moment. Like, do, do, do the announcers need to sell that Ricochet just kicked out of a Brogue kick? Because they don't mention it again. Like, uh, Corey says it, but then as soon as – and the referee's hand goes, it hits one, two, three. And I'm thinking, whoa, shit. But Ricochet's shoulder goes up, and then the referee does a terrible job of going, two, two. We need we need a referee to yell, okay? He goes off camera, and it starts – he's motioning to the timekeeper. Shoulder was up, and he doesn't say it. He just goes like this. Podcasters, he's going like this. He's like punching the air like to signify the shoulder was up. Not That didn't work for me, okay? But it was a good match. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm wondering, though, where is Mansoor? I know we see Mansoor later on in the Lumberjack match, but why is he not why – did, why did he like one and done himself with Sheamus? It seems like he's already been forgotten completely. He has a moment on Raw, and now he's gone. Humberto Carrillo is hurt, so I'm assuming that he's going to come back eventually. Like, and, and allegedly he's fine. Like he could be back wrestling now. But we're, we're doing this ricochet program until we get back to Korea, or I'm not sure what the next step is. Now, cut backstage. Mason T-Bar. Still still no name change to Dio and Dijak. Like, isn't that the obvious change? Just call one Dio and call the other one Dijak. Isn't that what we need to do? These guys were in retribution. They were given stupid names because people teased Mustafa Ali, and they thought his name was stupid. So that's why they became mason t-bar because ali was like everyone in my group needs a stupid name shane thorne that's a cool name you're now going to be slapjack mia yim that's a cool name you're reckoning like that was the whole point of the gimmick now t-bar and mace are back there and they tease they're going to take the challenge against lashley tonight which makes complete sense because they kind of screwed lashley and they got braun Strowman added to the triple threat match at wrestlemania backlash there's been no follow-up on why they did that. Nobody is exactly sure why they did that. They haven't attacked Drew McIntyre since, so their motivations are not to attack Drew. Their motivations have not been to help Braun, and their motivations have, like, this was the last step. Okay, they did all that because they want to screw with Lashley, and then they don't do it. And why are they still talking like they're, they're uh, what were those two guys that everybody liked in NXT the Ascension. Why are they talking like they're the Ascension? They need to end their promos with, Welcome to the Wasteland. Like, that might as well be every T-Bar and Mace promo going forward. And I can't wait to see these guys in the Greatest Royal Rumble and then get fired the next day. And I think there could be something good done with these guys. I think that if you switch T-Bar to Dijak, just go rebrand them. Fucking send them back to NXT for a cup of coffee and then do the same with mace let them go get new ring gear let them go back to their old names why the fuck do we have to keep pretending that they're the guys from retribution mia yim is posting pictures of herself in a bikini on instagram like we're ready for mia yim t-bar and mace are still acting like they're a bunch of idiots who who were antifa ripoffs they're like a mixture of antifa they're a mixture of the ascension and they both suck right now now, I've watched Dijak matches in NXT. I've watched him on the indies. 
He's good. I like him. Him versus Biff Busick at uh, Beyond Wrestling is good. They can do something with Dijak. It's weird that Vince has a big man, two big men, like Dio and Dijak, and they're just kind of, oh, we'll figure it out later. Right now, Mason T-Bar. Oscar and Ric Flair have a, have a one-on-one. Ric Flair. Charlotte Flair have a one-on-one match. Really enjoy the match. Don't understand why Rhea helped Oscar win again. Now we just keep telling Oscar or Charlotte is the opportunity, and she keeps getting screwed by Rhea. So are we? Who's the babyface here? <laughs> again, maybe they're doing what NXT is doing, creating the gray area, creating that gray area that Raquel Gonzalez loves to be in. Maybe that's the plan here. Uh, John Morrison and Damian Priest have a better match than Miz and Priest did. Uh, they they got to pivot to Morrison now because obviously uh, we, we don't have uh, Miz for a while. So we had probably what could have been the match at Backlash. And they probably would have had Miz versus Priest in a regular Lumberjack match tonight. But Miz going down, they put Morrison here. And uh, good match. I enjoyed it. I like Morrison, uh, you know, flying around the ring, doing some shit. I really like it. Uh, of course, Priest gets another victory, and then he teases. He's going to be fighting Bobby Lashley tonight. And I'm like, dude, that'd be fucking sweet. We've had Sheamus tease it. We've had Mason T-Bar. We've had uh, Damian Priest. I'm expecting everyone to fucking run through the curtain. First one to slide in gets the title match or the alleged title match. Not sure why we didn't get that. Uh, we see Cedric and Shelton fighting during the Lumberjack match. We go backstage. Shelton knocks out Cedric again. So we're still keeping that rivalry going a little bit. I'm wondering if we're going to get a new partner for Shelton. I know Charlie Haas wrestles with SWE Fury. So if we can fantasy book, maybe we get another run from the world's greatest tag team. Because Shelton, Shelton's had a good career, obviously. But all of his accolades as far as winning championships really did come with, with Charlie Haas. And I know that's not going to happen. That's just me fantasy booking shit. But I don't know. Could happen. Main event, Bobby Lashley's in the ring. Who the fuck am I fighting tonight? I'll fight him. I was hoping that was what we would get. But the New Day's music hits. Now I'm confused because Woods comes out and he's pointing at Kofi. Like, Kofi's going to do it. It's going to be Kofi. In my head, I'm like, well, Kofi already wrestled. So this is a division. And Xavier Woods is going to be fighting Lashley, which... I like Xavier Woods, but that sounds terrible. So uh, I'm curious to see uh, who if it's actually going to be Kofi or, or if it's going to be Woods. But it's Kofi. And, you know, I, hey, Kofi Mania is running wild, baby. He never got a championship rematch after losing the belt to Brock many years ago. Brock Lesnar showed up and just kind of won. So now here we are, Kofi and Bobby. And they have a good match. I mean, they tell a good story. Kofi's obviously way smaller than Lashley. It's kind of fun to see Lashley in a match like this after weeks of Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre matches. So not really sure how this match, why this was the match they pulled out of a hat. But Kofi does a great job. And then Drew uh, takes MVP's cane and smashes Lashley in, like, the, the gut with it. And that allows Kofi to roll up and get the win. Now, what I didn't get was Drew is, like, celebrating the New Day after the match. But isn't Kofi now in line for a WWE title shot? And that puts Drew to the back of the line? Right? Why why celebrate with the team 
Why celebrate with Kofi, who you just helped win? You're now behind Kofi, in my opinion. Kofi just beat the champion. You haven't beat the champion since last year's backlash, 2020's backlash. So I, I didn't get that. I really didn't understand why Drew would help in that scenario. I know he wants to fuck with Bobby and MVP. I thought he would just come out after the match, beat the shit out of Bobby, and then go, you and me, hell in a cell, mate. Like, I thought that was going to happen for sure. So, you know, good Raw. Honestly, great Raw. I'll say it like that. After five shitty Raws in a row, this felt like the Raw after WrestleMania. This felt like Raw after WrestleMania backlash. The Viking Raiders were there. They were lumberjacks. Uh, poor guys. Poor bastards. Back to doing nothing. Uh, Elias was there. An amazing program all the way around except the Alexa Bliss bullshit. There was even that moment where she asked Tamina and Natalia, what's your favorite color? And, like, I thought my TV was just going to break. I thought it was going to explode by how terrible that was. Uh, quickly, let's breeze right through this. I watched main event on a plane, like I said. Nikki Cross, she showed up. She beat Naomi. Now, Twitter was really upset by this. Why is Naomi jobbing out to Nikki Cross? Nikki Cross is returning from, uh, you know, she hasn't been in the ring in forever. So, shows up and her makeup... Is she trying to be a hot chick now? Is she a hot chick? She almost looks like she's been doing CrossFit, like she's in way better shape than she used to be. Like she used to be, you know, want to play with Nikki Crazy Girl. And now she's like, hey, Alexa's the new Crazy Girl. I'm going to be the new Alexa. I'm going to be the hot chick now. And it seemed like that's what she was going for in her match, coming out smi smiling real big. And she beat Naomi. And, you know, people were upset. Why is Naomi losing more? But I don't know. It just looked weird, like, okay, Nikki's the hot chick now. Okay, well, let's get on board. We need to rebrand this character. She comes out with hot chick music. She acts hot. I'm like, okay, I guess she's hot now. Let's let's have it, you know? Uh, Ricochet versus Ali. They ended in count out, but they had a fucking great match. I was shocked to see Ricochet involved with Sheamus because uh, it, I was, like, expecting, okay, well, Sheamus and Ali got to run it back one more time. But since he's moving on to a program with Sheamus, he, they might even have a, a, set, a segment on main event this week. There, something might happen to where they do end up interacting with each other, but we'll have to wait and see. So now, I watched it, everybody. I didn't watch it Saturday. I watched this today. It was the reason why I was late to watching NXT. But I fucking watched it, okay? I watched Under Siege. That's right. Impact Wrestling had a pay-per-view this week. Same weekend as WrestleMania Backlash. So our friend Sonic Gino was in heaven. GCW had something called like Draft Day or something. They had, so he was in heaven for that as well, I bet. Uh, Under Siege took place, all right? It took place from the Impact Wrestling Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, this obviously is the immediate follow-up to their, their actual pay-per-view rebellion. This is an Impact Plus event, not a pay-per-view. I think you can buy it on Fight, so fuck it. It's a pay-per-view. And... You know they had they had eight matches. It was a it was a decent show, but I got to be honest, way worse than Backlash. It really did feel there's filler on this show. Backlash had six matches, so there wasn't any filler. You might say the zombies were filler because it was a commercial for Army of the Dead, but this had filler on it. All right, it, it opened with filler. I mean, Brian Myers. You know, we all know Brian Myers. He's uh, Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins is a good dude. Uh, major figures wrestling podcast he's taking on black taru i'm not making that name of everybody black taru he wears a black boar's head they brought him in like he was a dominant motherfucker right 
since then, he has lost to Luke Gallows. They uh, they lost the tag match, did uh, Decay. They lost to the Good Brothers. And now here we are with Black Taru versus Brian Myers. Now, I said Black Taru needed to get a win because he's been getting jobbed out every week. Uh, Crazy Steve's been getting jobbed out every week. Uh, Rosemary lost to Havoc. And they lose again. Brian Myers beat Black Taru? So if you're an Impact Wrestling fan, that should shock you. Brian Myers beat Black Taru. Brian Myers could have a legitimate excuse to lose to a, a monster. Somebody who wears a black boar's head on their head. You, It's built in. Hey, you can't blame them for losing. He lost to Black Taru. But he beat Black Taru. And the match wasn't very good anyway. It felt quick. It wasn't an opener. It wasn't exciting in any way. So I'm like, okay, interesting first match. Whatever. You know, let's move on. They they, they got to give you eight matches. You're paying $8 a month for Impact Plus. Fine. Next match on the card. What do I get to see? My two favorite wrestlers, Kimberly and Susan, come out. This Susan gimmick is terrible. She's always arguing with someone as soon as she walks out behind the like out of the curtain. She's yelling at somebody, which okay, yeah, I get it. You're a Karen. You're upset. You're yelling at somebody. Kimberly comes out constantly smiling and doing this weird thing with her hand, like I'm so pretty. Look at me. Like I didn't get it. Um, and she moves pretty good. I got to be honest, Kimberly for her size. I mean, watching her hop on the apron, hop in the ring, in the match, I'm like, okay, she can move pretty good. Susan wrestles in a fucking pantsuit. She is committed to this fucking character. Oh my gosh, she's committed to this character. She's wearing amateur wrestling shoes. So she knows that she can wear wrestling gear. But she's still wearing the pantsuit. She is awful. They had a tag match with Tennille Dashwood, formerly Emma of the WWE. Uh, she's great at her gimmick. I mean, she's a socialite. She loves social media. She loves posting on social media. She works that gimmick perfectly. Caleb with a K is out there snapping photos of her. You assume the whole thing is live right now on on Instagram. Great gimmick. I love it. Taylor Wilde comes out. Taylor Wilde is back in Impact Wrestling. She returned at Rebellion, I think. Uh, you know, gorgeous blonde Canadian. We, we need as many of those as we can get in wrestling. And... Since we're not doing her versus Deanna yet, you know, she's got to have some wins. You know, got to get back in the ring. And she's like this unlikely duo with Tennille Dashwood, okay? She doesn't want to team with Tennille because Tennille's gimmick is it's all about me. And Taylor's like, I don't want to team with some self-centered piece of shit. That's what she says. She always says it like that, too. She doesn't want to team with some self-centered piece of shit. And here we are. They're having a tag team match, all right? They're having that tag team match, oh, boy. Um, of course, it ends with uh, Tennille and Taylor getting the win. This is sort of a glorified squash match to get Taylor Wilde some wins. Um, Pay-per-view, though. So the first two matches, I'm already like, this is not going well. Uh, this is really not going well. And one thing I want to look up real quick is the length of some of these matches because the next match, I mean, I really feel like was, was it just wasn't long at all. Um, we move on to the fatal four-way tag team match to determine the number one contenders, which, you know, we've all been wondering, like, or at least I've been wondering, 
you know, Finn Juice, David Finley, Juice Robinson of New Japan Pro Wrestling, they are the current champions. They're they're working a program right now with the Good Brothers. So your immediate assumption is, aren't the Good Brothers the number one contenders? But it turns out that they're not. Because, again, they, they, they lost again tonight. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, this match was 14 minutes, and it felt rushed. There's, I mean, when you have an eight-man match, it just there's so many guys. Everyone's got to get their shit in. So we have Ace Austin. He sent me a cameo. He, you know, he's, a, he's really good. Ex-Division champ, former Ex-Division champ, future world champ, uh, and Madman Fulton, his heavy. He's a big fucking guy. They take on Petey Williams and TJP. Petey Williams, Maple Leaf Muscle, Canadian motherfucker. TJP from California, the Filipino Flash. Good wrestler, really enjoy him. Uh, they take on Rohit Raju and Mahubali Shira. Rohit's a small Indian guy. Mahubali Shira's a big Indian guy, perfect tag team. Triple XL, oh my gosh. AC Romero and Larry D. And I just, I, you know what? If they were, I just don't get them as a team. I'm sorry. And like even D'Lo's like, they've lost, so, you know, AC's lost 100 pounds and Larry D's lost 100 pounds. And I'm like, who? No, maybe Larry D. He looks a little more fit. AC's a big motherfucker. I mean, he's not. He has not lost 100 pounds. That's a lot of poundage, my friends. I don't know. This match felt fast. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton got the win. Um, but I don't know. It just it felt like. And, and as soon as the match started, and I'm watching it. I'm going, well, duh. Ace Austin's gonna win. I think I picked PD and TJP, but after like the match started, it just seemed like, jeez, oh, it looks like Ace Austin and Madman Fulton were wrestling with a bunch of guys who didn't give a fuck. So I like, the first two matches were terrible. This one was okay. It just there's so many guys. It kind of just felt, it, I don't know. It wasn't as good as a normal TJP match, a normal Ace Austin match, because those guys are always having the best matches on the card, and unfortunately for them, they were in an eight man tag that included AC Romero and Larry D. So it's hard to have the match the match of the night when you're in a fucking clusterfuck match like this. So we we move on, we press on. All right, we're watching a pay per view. We press on to W Morrissey, formerly Big Cass, seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. Takes on uh, Willie Mack. Uh, I, I constantly refer to him as the Black Samoa Joe because he is you know heavy set guy, but he moves like a Samoa Joe, like a cruiserweight. And I like Willie Mack. And this, you know, obviously this match, we're, we're establishing W. Morrissey as a top heel in Impact Wrestling. And he got an easy win over Willie Mack. Willie Mack got some shit in. You know, he got some of his stuff in. But this was just a quick, I don't know. It was just kind of a, a glorified squash match. However, post-match, uh, Rich Swan returns. Because, you know, W. Morrissey is trying to get some heat. He goes and grabs a chair to beat up Willie Mack. But then out comes Rich Swan to make the save. Now, if I'm W. Morrissey, terrified of Rich Swan, I got to get out of there. So Morrissey flees the scene. Rich Swan looks like a hero, saves his friend. And this is probably going to lead to a program between William Morrissey, W. Morrissey, and Rich Swan because that'll set up, hey, W. Morrissey's a main event player here at Impact Wrestling. He just beat the former champion. Swig of water, podcaster. Swig of water. So, I don't know. It was a fine match. Ten minutes long squash match. It is what it was. Willie looked good. W. Morrissey looked way better. But it is what it is. Uh, and now, 
Jeez, do I say it? Do I say match of the night belonged to Jordan Grace? I think I say it. Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, the knockouts tag team champions, go 12 minutes with Faya and Flava. Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles, who were really good in this match. They, you know, D'Lo and Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker, by the way, is terrible. And uh, Matt Stryker really pissed me off later on in the show. Uh, but this, uh, during the show, he was terrible. The whole show, he's really bad. But particularly in the main event. However, in this match, they really, Matt Stryker and D'Lo really talk about how much Kiera and Tasha are talking shit during the match. And, and I, I, I would not have noticed it unless they pointed it out. And it really was fun because it felt like it felt real. Like here's this real yappy team who's way smaller than Jordan Grace, you know, Scott Steiner's best friend, Rachel Ellering, who looks like Jordan Grace. And, you know, these are two bigger chicks who are fighting Faya and Flava. The, the, the storyline of this match is Jordan Grace is the weak link of the team. She just hasn't been pulling her own weight. Rachel's been batting a thousand since joining impact i think matt striker said that so i was excited to see this match uh and fire flavor fucking workhorses of the night baby i was shocked by how good this match was i don't like jordan grace matches normally this one was really really good fire and flavor two two black chicks just with so much swagger just yapping the whole match call you know calling uh calling both chicks names uh, really, really making Jordan lose her confidence throughout the match, which of course led to Jordan Grace losing the match. So, really good match. I, match of the night. Women's tag match with Jordan Grace, who I don't necessarily like. I thought this was a great match. Um, told a story from the beginning to the end. It just played so well. Uh, and then, you know... the. I think one thing that I noticed from this event that maybe differs from other impact pay-per-views is my guys are in certain matches that I don't want them in or impact is trying new things. You know, Hey, the forbidden door is open. All right. So Josh Alexander, the X division champion, the walking weapon. All right. Canadian strong style, badass for his headgear. Cause he almost lost his ear. He takes on, New Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling's El Fantasmo of the Bullet Club. Scrawny guy with hair. He does the Shinsuke Nakamura thing with his arms. And he sucks. This match was not good. I didn't like this match. Um, I don't like the rope jumping gimmick that El Fantasmo does. Uh, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. The the arm thing that he rips off. I think there was a few moments in this match where El Phantasmo had an idea of something he wanted to do, and it just didn't work. There was a few moments where they were doing, like, some chain wrestling shit, and it was supposed to end up with with uh, with El Phantasmo and, like, an ankle lock, and it just it took a while to get there. And it, I, I don't know. I love Josh Alexander. I know this other guy's from New Japan, and he's a big deal, but when he gets in that ring and starts working, it just – I just lost it. And Gino in the chat says, it was not that bad. It was bad. Watching El Phantasmo is all the reasons that I don't like New Japan. A lot of the gimmicky, cartoony stuff to make the crowd go, whoa. But I'm watching Josh Alexander. I don't want whoa. And if I get whoa, it needs to be earned. It needs to be TJP and Ace Austin doing cool shit. It needs to be the divine intervention, a pile driver. 
But when I'm watching El Fantasmo jump on ropes and then Josh Alexander stand there like, you're doing great, bro. It just takes me right out of it. It took me right out of it. It's like Sammy Callahan pulling down his vest. Don't get hit by a big move and then try and straighten up your vest. Don't go for a big move and hop on the rope a hundred times like we're playing Super Mario. So I, I, I don't know. I think El Fantasmo, I've watched three or four of his matches now, and I don't like him. And when I watch New Japan, I notice things that I just don't like. Zack Sabre Jr., 100 European uppercuts to Tongaloa. It's like, okay, I get it. This is a cartoon. This is a GIF. We're making a GIF. It's a real-life GIF. It's just a constant replay of shit. So when I'm watching El Phantasmo jumping up and down on the ropes, I'm like, okay. All right, let's move on to the main event, please. Let's see what's up next. So I, I'm sure Bischoff would agree. I'm sure Bruce would agree. I'm sure Cornette would agree. Uh, I understand this New Japan collaboration, but I don't know. It's not working for me with El Phantasmo because I don't like El Phantasmo. Kevin Scampoli cast a hydrate. Thank you. He dropped some hype spells. We do need to hydrate after talking about El Phantasmo, that's for sure. Deanna had a, had an eight-minute match with Havoc. This was okay. It wasn't as good as a normal Perazzo match. Um, I like Havoc. Uh, I, this, they had, the, the ending of his match was great, but, you know, whenever Havoc's in a match and she loses, you really need to do – you need to go out of your way to suspend that disbelief a little bit. Tiana does a good job at chopping Havoc down, obviously. She's a great technical wrestler. So when she wins with her, you know, the, when she wins, I think she just won with a Fujiwara and got the, got the submission. But, you know, it was okay. Not as, not, a, not as good as a typical Deanna match. So when Gino says there's great matches, I mean, I've gone through, what, six of them already? Seven of them? And there's, in my opinion, there was one good match to this point. You know, I love Josh Alexander. I didn't like that match. It's not his fault. I didn't like the other guy. Because once they start once he starts doing all that shit, I did enjoy the Hurricane Rana into the Frog Splash from El Phantasmo. I thought that was cool. And then when he went for the pin, I liked that match. Striker and D'Lo were like, what kind of a fucking stupid pin was that? You got to cover him for real. So there was just a lot of things, you know, that I just looked at and I was like, El Phantasmo sucks. And fuck anyone that love him, Gino. Saying it now. Terrible. Um, Six-man tag match follows the Knockouts Championship match. So normally with Impact, you have the Champions matches. You know, you have every match that's for a title. That's the second half of the card. But uh, Kenny Kenny Omega's wrestling. Title's not on the line, but he's in this match. Finn Juice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson team up with Eddie Edwards, the heart and soul of Impact Wrestling. He wears capris and green and black Air Jordans to the ring. And they take on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. Coach Kenny, if you will. And this is a good six-man tag, i got to be honest. I really enjoyed this. I like Finn Juice. I like the Good Brothers. I like Kenny. I like Eddie Edwards. This was a really good match. However, Carl Anderson eats the pin. So Kenny's a loser once again. The Good Brothers are losers once again. Eddie Edwards got the pin on Carl Anderson. Like, who fucking cares? There, there were so many other ways that match could. Like, if Kenny, if, if Eddie pinned Kenny, holy shit. 
if Finley pinned Omega or if Finley pinned Anderson, if Juice pinned Anderson, hey, the tag teams, the, the Finn Juice has their number. They're fucked. There's no way the Good Brothers are getting a title match. But I just thought when I saw uh, the Machine Gun get pinned once again, Carl Anderson, one half of the Good Brothers, a team that has been on a steady losing streak unless it's against Decay, they just lose again. They're glorified jobbers like at this point. And to have Kenny on their side, I I don't know. It just felt like a weird it just felt like a weird way to, to end that match. It was a good match though. I I'll say it was a good match. Again, Eddie Edwards, it really kills me because when you watch old Eddie Edwards clips, he's in sh- he's in shape. He looks like a wrestler. He's awesome. But when but now when I watch and he's wearing a jacket and a t shirt and Capris. It's not the same guy. It's not the same in-ring tech technician that Eddie Edwards once was. And we move on to the main event, six-man match. Now, this is just a, a one fall to a finish, which they never advertised it was going to be elimination. And so I was like, oh, it's probably going to be one one fall to a finish. But I thought that it would be, you know, hey, maybe maybe we'll mix it up, make an elimination. You could tell more stories in, in an elimination match. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. Now, this is where I got really pissed with Matt Stryker. Sammy Callahan's the first one to come out, and he's like, whoa, we're going to start with the favorite? And doesn't follow up on that at all. He, like, he sounded surprised, and I was hoping that they would explain why they're admitting Callahan's the favorite. Why is he the favorite? Because he's a former champion? Like, they just didn't go into that at all. And I was kind of hoping, okay, tell me why he's the favorite. And I just thought as, as, as an announced team, it didn't feel like it just felt like a weird comment that literally surprised him and i was like is he saying that i needed more from my commentary team tonight they both really let me down uh this match was a great showing for chris bay really good showing for chris bay the art you know he looks like isaiah swerve scott by the way there's a few moments in this match where he looks like isaiah swerve in the ring and that's a good thing chris bay looked really good there were a few moments where i thought he was going to win and I thought, wow, that would that would that'd be cool. Chris Bay, Omega, random match, throw it out there for who knows what reason. Sammy Callahan constantly fixing his vest. It's like, dude, just fucking go shirtless at this point. We don't care if you're fat. Just fucking stop messing with your vest after you get body slammed. It is annoying. You don't need to be self-conscious, bro. You're a wrestler. We didn't... We didn't make it as far as you did. Just show us your belly. Stop pulling down your vest. It really takes me away. It takes me out of it because he's doing it so much. Watch a Sammy match. Constantly pulling that vest down over his belly. But this was a good showing for, for everyone in it. Really was. Moose looked great. And Moose. Uh, so Callahan was kind of setting up to win this fucking thing until the Good Brothers come out. Anderson and Gallows come out and attack Sammy. Cost him the match. Because apparently Don and Kenny didn't want Sammy to win it. Uh, he's been the most vocal. And, and honestly, I mean, I, I thought we were ready to see Sammy and Kenny. But I wanted to see Moose get his victory. Moose got his win. He's getting Kenny Omega. Not sure if it's at Against All Odds. Not sure if it's at, if it's at Slammiversary. Not sure if it's on AEW coming up in a couple weeks. Could just be on TV. Put it on Axis. Pop the ratings. Right? You want to have some ratings. 
put a title match on there. Fuck it. Have Moose win the big belt on on uh, on Impact on Axis. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be good stuff. So that was Under Siege. Gino really enjoyed it. I liked three of the matches, so three out of five. Um, and also, the main event was only like ten minutes long. It was really fast. So I almost thought, well, why didn't they put the six-man tag after this? Because that was like the longest match of the night. Like that was the they treated that one like a main event. But good to see Moose get his comeuppance. Uh, finally, hopefully, he wins the fucking belt. Here we are, a year and a half too late, two years too late. Remember when he lost to Austin Aries? That was when he should have won that belt to begin with. Thank you so much for downloading part one of Vleeties here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Much appreciated. Remember, if you ever want to join the live chat, we are live. Trovo.live slash Vleeties. YouTube.com slash Ryan Van Vliet. We want that one to grow. Maybe eventually that's where the big move is, is a YouTube, you know, but we need a thousand subscribers on YouTube, which doesn't sound impossible. We just need to make it happen. Uh, and then there's always twitch.tv slash real We've been having issues with the TriCast and Twitch. I will look into that and see what we can do to resolve that. But thank you for downloading part one and uh, more wrestling on part two. Take care.